It's episode 92 for the 10th of October, 2008. Well, hey there, James. How are you doing? I'm not so bad, Ian. I'm uh, enjoying the, the latter-day sunshine of the English summer. Indeed. Might as well enjoy it while we can and uh, Indeed. look out the windows as opposed to jumping through them with all the financial disasters at yes. the moment. Beware of falling bankers. <laughs> that's, the, exactly. uh, that's the way forward. Um, <laughs> exactly. Okay, out here in the countryside. Not much danger of that, but uh, we should be all right. So anyway, everybody, welcome to On The Couch podcast the amazing episode 92. 92. Where we'll be talking about, I guess, digital media and delivery. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to sort of shoehorn the, the news of the week into various categories, which are in. Well, we generally try and talk a little bit about uh, what's happening in business news, technology, content delivery, as in getting those you know, that chunk of content out to someone somehow. We hear what's happening in uh, mobile technology, uh, gaming, and... Uh, any other random crazy things that occur to us. Yeah, and there was a few a few in the random crazy department appearing on the, the radar this week. Yeah, they're always worth, you know, hanging on and listening right to the end to find out what the crazy things are. <laughs> exactly, Mondo. Um, but looking, I guess, straight in the, the business uh, news here, a um, mm. couple of, uh, TiVo is one of the things we like to talk about quite a lot. They've actually got the cash from Charlie Ergen's Mets, $104 million dollars in damages. Dollars. Yeah, for, I guess, is this is for breach of the... Is this the the time warp patent or something? This is the famous time warp patent, which, again, I've had discussions with, um, you know, genuine patent lawyers who've said, well, yes, it might seem obvious to you, but back at the time when it was invented, it probably wasn't that obvious. So this is the idea about uh, recording live TV onto a disc and then being able to pull it back out again and hence being able to pause live TV, rewind live TV and so on. Okay, so that's the... The time warp, but uh, the latest um, receivers apparently have got some software in that doesn't infringe it. But mm, I don't quite know how they got around it, but uh, they, it's they probably on a technicality. You know, that's, where, yeah. that's why you pay these patent lawyers. That's the, uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> to read to and understand what it's all about. But uh, exactly because it's, it's the finer print, and it's you know exactly what it it means there. Um, so you know, I think that's that's probably a shot in the arm for TiVo. They might be profitable again this quarter. In fact, uh, the actual TiVo share price has done remarkably well considering how disastrous everything else has been. Right. Uh, it was actually up uh, up a few percent, down a few percent, but just generally kind of hovering around normal as opposed to most of the stocks at the <laughs> moment that seem to have yeah. tanked. But then TiVo normal is quite low anyway. <laughs> That's <it>? true. <laughs> There's probably not much. Uh, uh, not, not, not very far from to go. TiVo because maybe now it'll go weird after the, um, <laughs> after the damages are out. Um, yep. Another bit of patent. Patent. Are you a patent or a patent kind of guy? Um, well, I always thought that patent was kind of like shiny shoes and patents were the things that you trademarked, but or, you know, uh, intellectual property. But yeah. I get a bit confused these days with the different countries flitting just around. Just wear like, shiny shoes when registering your new ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah, do a couple helps. of bases. <laughs> um, but there's another bit of uh, news in that variety, mm-hmm. which was... Um, Hillcrest Labs, who I know you've you've had a look at in the past, who do these yep. free space pointing. That's right. Kind of they had this the loop donut thing, mm-hmm. um, and they've gone out there and uh, set the lawyers on Nintendo. Yeah, they their, have, and we we talked about this uh, previously, but this is a bit more information on. Hmm. Uh, and 
apparently not only has uh, Logitech used it, which is the one we talked about last uh, last time, but uh, Kodak mm. and Universal Electronics have also licensed this at one time or other, but the, mm-hmm. the Wii remotes have not licensed it. And they're demanding that Nintendo actually stop selling Wiis and Wii remotes until the settlement's reached. Uh, and of course, mm. Nintendo says they're, they're going to vigorously fight the claims, of course. Um, but um, now it's got to the point where a judge has said, yep, they do have a case and uh, we're, we're going to go to court. So Yeah, and I mean, the addendum here on that thing is that someone's also suing them um, for the Wii Classic controller, oh, which really? is... Um, and I've got a Wii Classic controller, but I've never used it, rather embarrassingly. Um, <laughs> Have you got any of those um, downloadable games? It tends to no, be I haven't ever done that, really, because it's quite a torturous exercise to... Um, load up your Wii with Wii points as far as I remember. I did buy some Wii points, remember? Um, oh, yeah, you did. In yeah. America, but they didn't work in yeah. <laughs> So uh, I think they, they might even still be in the uh, the on-the-couch podcast goodie bag. So uh, okay. Well, so if you do have any, if you're into raping our goodie bag, uh, do <laughs> drop us an email. Drop us with, an email or wacky some Wii points. Especially if you're in yeah. the US. <laughs> yes, if you're not in the US, don't bother. Um, but... Uh, if you if you want them, give us a shout. They're they're somewhere. Um, Fantastic. So that's good. Um, technology. Mm-hmm. Now um, we've got some interesting things happening here. You've got a story about the tin eye. Well, no, it, it was my story. Was it okay? Fair it is your story. Um, is it um, is it tin eye or is it? It's, yeah, I think tin eye is what it's saying. It's essentially. It's and I've been reading a bit more about sort of image recognition stuff recently, uh-huh. and. Essentially, this is sort of image recognition where instead of in the future, they're saying you'll search for things by just taking a photograph of something and saying, can you show me things like this? Uh, TinEye specifically is maybe a bit early in this area. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is they say, take the first product, TinEye Music, which will be coming out on the iPhone as an app soon. You'll take a photograph of an album somehow, if, if they exist. I haven't seen one for a while. Um, and then, right, okay, then yeah. it will actually find links to the album just from the standard picture of the album mm-hmm. and you can buy it on iTunes or whatever um, okay which seems to me you know why don't they uh, in Japan they have these um, 2D barcodes the QR codes and things like that I mean mm. it kind of makes sense just to have that and then you could just cut out the middle map and just <laughs> yeah, exactly. link directly to <laughs> directly, it but you still yeah. need to interpret it but it seems because it shows that the power of computing in the palm of your hand on an iPhone is actually quite fairly chunky yeah. presumably if it can create a, a, a visual fingerprint of, of mm. an album cover because it's a finite domain but uh, um, I mean you can see where you could go with that you could like meet someone at a bar and take a photo of them and then get the you know get the system to look them up on the net or something or yeah, a picture exactly. of a car so you and you find out where you could buy them the embarrassing photos on uh, Facebook please <laughs> yeah, that's right link them straight to Facebook <laughs> that's it Facebook and I've, I've heard recently about some you know good um, low resolution face recognition stuff right um, that could be cool i guess you know there are two challenges there one is reducing the number of options you're searching for so you don't mm-hmm. get any false positives and the other one is kind of trying to characterize the face in the first place which is in a low resolution camera can be quite tricky but, mm. uh, and that's the problem i had with my iphone with this 2d barcodes is the guy was saying oh yeah the iphone camera is not very good all so, right okay but anyway tinai mobile look out for it and tinai music coming soon very um, interesting I think Shazam is a better one for that where you listen to it and then it just links yeah, You know, I actually had Shazam on my iPhone this weekend and I've been doing a fair amount of uh, driving around in the US last week it was. 
uh-huh. and uh, listening to the US radio stations, which all have uh, different sets of music, as it happens, than, than in the UK. Different playlists, right? Yeah, and while I was driving around, I'd hear a song that I actually quite liked and and um, pop Shazam on my iPhone. And in every case, I've been absolutely astonished that it was able to pick out the song and wow. tell me exactly what it was and then offer a link to iTunes to go and buy it. It's fantastic. Who's paying your roaming fees? And <laughs> not me. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's very good. It was just, it was literally one of those technologies where I actually went, and it's very rare where you actually go, wow, that's actually really cool. It actually it is works. cool and it does work. I mean, I, mm. I am, um, I, am, I tried actually when I was on holiday, we were in, um, in a restaurant in, uh, right. in Spain on the, and the record was stuck. <laughs> and, right. and I was trying to explain in my fluent Spanish. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I've listened to the same record for, for literally an hour mm-hmm. and it kept, the CD kept jumping. Right. So I just had to Shazam that and find out what it was. <laughs> Did it work? Make sure. But there, conversely, I'll never buy it. <laughs> yeah, <see>. exactly. <laughs> I've listened to it enough. I mean, um, I had a, a situation where I was cool. listening to a song and um, I was flicked to a random station just to try it out. It was some country music station. My GPS uh, TomTom was talking at the time uh, and it managed to still pick out the right song, which is incredible. Yeah. Well... There you go, just shows that country music all sounds the same. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's only actually three songs in the world. Um, other kind of technology stuff I thought was cool with my sort of greeny meanie bit on is uh, mm-hmm. Sharp at a um, the CA Tech Electronics Show in Japan mm-hmm. um, announced a sort of a sort of zero emission television. Um, mm-hmm. And it's basically a 52-inch solar-powered LCD TV. Oh, wow. They're cool. saying that the... Um, the 52-inch television consumes 220 kilowatt hours of um, power per year. I think that's what my Japanese reading tells me. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a picture, actually. I am cheating slightly. Um, and so what they do, I think Sharp is one of the larger um, suppliers or manufacturers of, of solar photovoltaic panels. So essentially, right, I guess okay. they're showing that they can deliver a panel which does look significantly bigger than 52 inches. I must say. <laughs> it looks like um, a, right, almost but not a lot like a, bigger. Yeah, uh, and true. I guess something you'd stick on your roof or something, which would generate mm. the equivalent amount of power to the television. Probably costs more than the television as well. But, uh, <laughs> well, and, uh, and uh, LCDs and plasmas especially do consume a lot of power. So people are worried now that with all the, everyone going flat screens, that in fact yeah. the amount of electricity consumed is going to go up considerably. So I guess this is a way yeah. of uh, getting around that. And certainly the plasmas, I know, do chew power significantly. Mm. So that's uh, interesting. But again, it shows a sort of technology com- company really showing what could be done. I think it's a little yeah. far in the future. But uh, well, you know, once we get to that point where those solar panels are reduced enough, you yeah. Know, you, you, well, you there really is supposed can. to be oversupply, and you know, now everyone's getting into making them. So mm, fantastic! Oh, good. Hopefully, they bring them, bring the cost down. Indeedy. So moving on to content delivery, another bit of TiVo news. They do tend to do a lot of news, TiVo. Uh, they, they have a fantastic PR department, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you certainly know what's going on with them. And it seems like they've uh, partnered with uh, Nero. Nero generally do, well, they started off doing CD burning software and they've kind of expanded into, well, if you're going to burn a CD, then you might as well be able to burn a DVD. If you're going to burn a DVD, then you might as well be able to edit it before you put it on the DVD. Yeah, uh, and so they've kind of expanded in that direction, and they've partnered with Nero in order to produce um, a DVR application that uses. I think that I think the what we're really talking about here is having the TiVo user interface, which is what really fundamentally makes uh, TiVo different from other DVR software. On yeah, the, the remote and the UI, basically, isn't it? Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. And especially these days with uh, 
the TiVo, uh, sorry, with um, digital television being immediately available in digital form to PCs via, you know, those little USB sticks. Yeah, and I think they package this one up, don't they? From what I can see from the the picky here, we've got is that they'll um, sell a, a box for 199 US dollars with a TV capture card, the TiVo remote, and the software. Wow, and nice. presumably the Nero software as well. I don't know quite what they do other than just lend their name to it, but mm. um, oh, nice. And it only comes with a one-year subscription to the TiVo service, which provides the uh, program guide okay. information. So that's, I mean, essentially, definitely. boiling it down, I think that's what TiVo is. It's a program guide yeah, subscription is. service. It and is, the absolutely. UI. That's where they definitely make yeah. their money. And, and everyone uh, has always said positive things about the UI, so, you know, that's great. So, uh, Exactly. I mean, you can actually do all this with uh, Windows... Uh, what was that version of media? Windows Media, Windows Room, media Center. Right? Media Center, that's right. Yeah, well, uh, isn't that bundled with every bit of Vista anyway? Uh, I don't know about Vista. I've got Vista on my new laptop, so I'll have to have a play with that. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, like all Macs, for instance, they just kind of... Tur- they don't have DVR built in. Right. Um, but they I mean, they have, obviously, a, a, what we call a 10-foot user interface as well built okay. in, and the Apple remote, I guess, but... Um, Cool. And I was, that's one of the disappointments I have with my Apple TV, actually, which I must turn on again sometime. Mm. Um, I thought you know, it'd be cool if you could just plug in a USB TV stick and cha-ching, but uh, yeah, not playing, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Hmm. Unless well, you let's... do a bit of hackery, hackery-pokery. <laughs> um, nice one. Another bit of news was um, the failure of Jalapo or Halipo. Yeah, and I, and I actually thought it was Halipo until you actually buy things with... J credits, but I don't think you'd say. Was this the one? Jalapo yep, this is the one. Yep, yep. And this okay. is a, a portal internet TV portal service where you actually watch apparently pretty good content, mm-hmm. including BBC Worldwide, Euronews, Bloomberg, um, and Al Jazeera English, all the classics. <laughs> the classics, that's right. Rotana Europe, Deutsche Welle, um, Lux, it, it seems that ROK Entertainment, Rock Entertainment, bought. Jalapo or Halipo in uh, in May this year, but hasn't right. been able to make a profit out of it and uh, has closed it down. So it's one of the, uh, and they reckon it's a high, high profile web TV provider, but to be honest, I'd never, never heard, heard of it. So. <laughs> Until they went bust, we hadn't heard of them. I mean, that's the... Yes. Always more famous in death than, than in life, I guess, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting scenario there, but um, they've apparently been... The guys who started LiveStation have offered to sort of bail out the people who still had credits. I don't know how this okay. worked, whether you, you paid subscription in advance or I really don't know much about it at all. Mm. So if anyone has been a subscriber to Halipo, do let us know. Yeah, we'd be really send us a note to feedback.onthecouchpodcast.com. Yeah. That would be fabulous. Most excellent. Um, so I guess, why didn't it work? I mean, you say premium content, it doesn't look that good doesn't actually look that too premium to me actually no i mean it's an aggregation of some content but Mm. you know it's it's an aggregation of not even niche to be honest it's a no you really need something special don't you a bit of everything i mean if it was all in one language or something like that you could think it might be supported Mm. but it just doesn't look um in fact it looks like quite a smattering of all different languages niche enough yeah um i guess another bit of news is that hulu's been making a bit more noise about launching in or not hulu but uh, peter churn in the um uh, it's the COO or something. Right. News Corporation, I should know that. Um, he's, you know, Hulu will look to roll out internationally, but that doesn't really mean much, much mm, does it really? I mean, I saw this um, little note and uh, 
Uh, I got the impression that they, this was kind of imminent as opposed to when you really read it, it says, yeah, one day we'll think about the possibility of maybe thinking about the idea of doing a joint venture with someone and getting some international TV action. Yeah, uh, and you've got to wonder, I mean, is Hulu making money in itself? That's the other thing. Mm, uh, I mean, I, did, I, did, I did, uh, didn't get the chance to actually try Hulu in the US last week, this week. I saw this right. uh, quick little press release and thought, wow, cool, I'll go and check that out. And you get to the point of actually choosing the program and it starts to play and then it says, uh, you're not in the US, go away, do something useful with your life. Oh, that's probably because you hadn't changed the clock on your PC. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Because <laughs> it does, there are double checks like that. They do actually go and check, uh, see the time, really? what your time See, that's is clever, isn't it? Because you could fake the IP address by using some sort of tunneling thing. Yeah, and you can fake mm. the time as well. That's true. You just change your clock, but it's just uh, it's not as two it's level. Annoying. Yeah. Two level obfuscation, I mm. suppose. That's the, yeah, oh, interesting. The so hopefully um, they do go international because it looks like a very slick service with some really good content. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, having the, said that, though, I mean, in the UK, we can watch, you know, some good quality stuff. Like, I mean, I'm, the new series of Heroes is hitting the skids here, so I, I've watched a bit of that, but I missed the first episode because I was uh-huh. on a holiday. So um, I watched it online. It was okay. Oh, wow, cool. So did you, do you, do you use iTunes or did you use iPlayer or how did you get no, that? No, I used iPlayer, yeah. I just plugged, wow, I got iPlayer up cool. on my, my Mac and plugged my Mac into my TV. Fantastic. It's quite easy to do. Yeah, and that's then cool. you just get, you know, didn't, it only stalled once or twice. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. I was watching it and a very kind of surreal PC experience. Mm-hmm. And it was at this sort of funny bit where some hero mutation was going on right. and the screensaver came on and I thought oh wow is this some funny cells dividing inside the guy's body <laughs> and then I thought no that's my screensaver because <laughs> you could still hear it it was a, it was a kind of a, an IPTV you know, funny experience but uh, <laughs> there we go fantastic um, it was not a set dot box um, you've still got some news here about Freeview in the UK yeah now here's What's the trick um, if you like uh, if you'd like to have your own digital TV channel oh brilliant then yeah. uh, now is your chance is it like a lottery thing uh, well Arkiva who holds the license for two of the six multiplexes uh, that right. make up uh, terrestrial digital terrestrial TV in the UK is looking for bidders uh, and the channel will be available from January uh, oh, right. so and it's the last ones went for what? Ten million pounds. Ten million in pounds. In two thousand and four, when there were ten point eight million households, so yep, sixteen point seven million households allegedly. Um, That's right. And uh, so, but I think um, in this current economic downturn, they'll probably yeah. take whatever they can get. So I'm giving them ten pounds for it. So we <laughs> see even TV now, in the UK <laughs> soon. <laughs> we'll see. We'll big up TV. I'm sure someone will go for it. There'll be someone who's who's making money. Um, yeah, someone's got a yeah, yeah. ten million. I mean, ten million even sounds very cheap, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, what does that get you though? It just gets you the right to do something. It doesn't get Definitely, you anything yeah, else. I, I guess you've got to build your own infrastructure and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but exactly. Still. Then you've got to, you know, the operating costs, and you've got to have some content from somewhere because that's what it's all about. Yep. And the only problem with uh, the Freeview uh, channels at the moment is they have chunked forty-eight TV channels and twenty-four radio stations in the space of about six megahertz or just about because the uh, the compression is fairly harsh on that thing uh, it's not quite that bad but yeah it's pretty tight they need to switch off a few more channels that'll sort things out yeah um, now I'm very interested by the, the um, I think you're obviously writing the notes here and you said iPhone batter under siege what's that is that something to do with fish or uh, <laughs> no it's the battery in fact oh okay mm. I was just well, in fact, this, is, this is almost under your kind of uh, I think it is hat, it's a bit more it? of a, a greeny thing and mm. I think this is quite a good one actually because I've um, basically the EU, the mm-hmm. legislation, they're going through a lot of stuff about making things more environmentally friendly. Yeah. And they basically said that um, 
a new directive will be called the Batteries Directive, which will say that batteries inside electronic devices must be readily removable for replacement mm. and safe disposal. And of course, the and iPhone is, battery is completely unreadily removable. Well, yeah, I guess so. I think you have to take it all apart. But I mean, I don't know, but it's like I've changed a battery on an iPod before. Yeah, that's um, true. I have too. It, it wasn't wasn't too difficult, to be honest. It wasn't but, readily removed. No. It was readily, but you needed <laughs> you, the right tool. You, need med- you needed a magic tool, but once you had the magic tool, it was okay. Yeah, but then it also didn't, the case didn't go back perfectly and all this kind of stuff. It wasn't designed for mm. uh, user replacement. Mm. Um, and the same with iPhones, I guess, you know, that you, you're supposed to send them back for an extortionate fee to get them changed. <laughs> That's right. to, uh, but I, I mean, they do have a point about the batteries because they are actually quite uh, quite toxic in terms of the chemicals and actually quite dangerous in terms of... You know, quite valuable as well, I think. You know, some of the, the chemicals in them have got quite a lot of street value. So. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, lithium and all this kind of stuff. So, mm. don't know what the street value of lithium is. <laughs> I haven't tried to buy much lately, but uh, yeah. yes. Um, but uh, you do have to be there. careful with these batteries. I had, um, uh, when I was in Australia uh, a little while ago, my brother and I were doing some electronics experiments and uh, doing things with uh, kites and cameras and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And uh, part of this involved getting some uh, batteries up into the air and kind of wiring them to things and stuff like this. And, uh, and I said, uh, as we we're packing up, look, um, this rechargeable battery pack here, it's, it's great, but uh, just make sure that, you know, these two terminals don't touch. Time, it's, it's really bad yeah. if these things happen. And uh, I got a call a couple of days later saying, wow, it was really weird. We packed all the stuff up and shoved it all in the bag and then uh, <laughs> got, a, got a shout from the, the bedroom and, and this whole bag was on fire and... and <laughs> It, it's, what had happened is must these see uh, we'd uh, taped up all the terminals of course but they must have come loose in terms of the packaging and all of a sudden uh, we're almost burning a house down so it's it's a real risk in fact so mm. gotta be careful with those batteries yeah indeedy nasty nasty um what else? You've got a story here about Huawei can't sell its mobiles. What's going on there? What's all that yeah. about? Yeah, <laughs> this, this is kind of odd because um, I, I'm a member of the, the LinkedIn website uh-huh. and uh, I had someone from Huawei uh, link to me this week and, and I said to them, yeah, happy to link to you, but uh, who are you again and how do you know me? And uh, mm-hmm. the only answer I got was, oh yeah, we might want to work with you in the future or something. And somehow they'd got my details from somewhere and so now I'm uh, linked in with the uh, one of the HR managers at Huawei, which kind of, um, <clears throat> when I was thinking about this, I came across this story and thought, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, Huawei, just for those people who don't know, they're a Chinese telecommunications sort of equipment provider and integrator, I suppose, aren't they? Yeah, they're quite, China. they're quite, uh, they're very big, very in, big in telephone infrastructure projects and things mm. like that. They always seem to pop up because I think, um, They've got They're some cheap. pretty good manufacturing plants and they churn mm. out cheap stuff pretty quick. Yeah, they do a lot of you know infrastructure overbuilds in for 3G and 2G mm. yeah. in, um, in Africa and Asia, for yeah. sure. Um, but this is about their handset division. Yeah, right? so again, like uh, in a similar way to Motorola, they're trying to get rid of their uh, handset division because that's not their core business and they really want to make more mm-hmm. telecommunications stuff. But they're, they're trying and to Can you name off. the most famous Huawei handset? Mm, no, uh, but I no. think they do a few custom jobbies for. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised if the uh, actually wasn't the, the Skype phone wasn't actually made by them, but it would be that sort of mm. thing, you know. Yes, I need the special. But they're not a phone. Foxconn or someone like that. They're not doing OEM stuff, are they? So, no, I thought they. Mm, I don't know. Anyway, they're, they're mm. offering it for two billion dollars, but uh, they can't get. <laughs> they can't get uh, with the order books really full. Honestly, <laughs> Governor, <laughs> I can't imagine it'd be worth that much, really. But anyway. Mm. Uh, but no, they can't sell at the moment. So if you, it's up for sale. So if you want a, a nice little handset manufacturer, 
Well, they're saying cheap. now that the price has dropped to about a quarter of that. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's, that's what they're being offered anyway, so that's not not good news. Um, no. Nope. Generally, obviously, people aren't getting into that. Um, okay, dokie. Now, I found this other bit of Antipodean news mm-hmm. um, about subliminal advertising, which is, as you know, most of the listeners may know, is, is basically where they flashing messages at you or things where you, you can't consciously gather. Uh-huh. Uh, and so typically that's like single frame adverts on TV or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Australian, uh, Australia's Channel 10 has been uh, done by the television industry people in Australia for breaching yep. this, which I thought was quite interesting. Well, the, the um, funny thing is that, that it's actually illegal to do subliminal things like and uh, to uh, you know produce images or messages that um, kind of just below the level of awareness but still kind of have an effect on people. And I think it's one of those um, perplexing laws where somehow they're able to manage to, someone detected this and uh, filed a complaint and they checked it out and played the stuff in slow motion and they could see that uh, they were putting ads up in between music videos of a couple of frames and then moving mm. on. And uh, channel- They flashed the logos of sponsors on the screen for a fraction of a second between the music clips. So uh, my and they were trying to say, no, no, this was just kind of uh, creatively jazzy <laughs> editing. Um, <laughs> That's right. It was all kind of that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I bet they sold those spots. Though. I'll bet they Obviously. did. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, if someone noticed it, then it wasn't subliminal. Uh-huh. Well, it's just that all, half of the audience got up and wore like zombies to the <laughs> record shop and said, I must buy. You know, That's right. Thing. I must buy Madonna's new album. I don't know why. Yeah, I must buy. <laughs> <laughs> <Ali> Minogue. <laughs> Can see it there. Yes. Um, well, that explains a lot of the weird things that have been going on in Australia recently. It's all the subliminal <laughs> advertising. I must vote. <laughs> this kind of stuff. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, well, I, mean, I wonder why. I guess it's a, akin to hypnotism or something, I suppose. It's I guess odd. in a way. I mean, is there a fine line between subliminal and. I know. Like, what about a catchy yeah. tune that sticks in your head? Like, that's. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a mental that's process evil. as well. Yeah, it's right. It's just, <laughs> it's fantastic. Dodgy. Dodgy. So, I mean, that's, um, you know, watch out for subliminal advertising. Always watch your adverts in really slow motion, everybody. Yeah, just to check in case you're being manipulated and you don't know it. it. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel the urge to, to shop or eat, it's probably <laughs> do be something. driven by subliminal yeah, advertising. Yeah, that's okay. right. Uh, I can be play paranoid. all sorts of things on this now. Indeed, yeah. Sorry, I was I was being subliminally advertised. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I can't prove it. <laughs> but, uh, yes. Fantastic. Um now, some wacky stuff, which I found, which mm, I thought was quite Tell cool. us about the wacky stuff. Right. This is the um, DARPA, which is what, the Defense Agency something projects advanced in America? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, some of those like words in different Defense orders, yeah. Advanced Research Projects Agency uh-huh. in the States. Yeah. They've put out a call, so if any of the listeners are into responding to this, uh-huh. basically they just want people to come up with a design for a, uh, a submersible aircraft. So a vehicle which will fly over the water and then dive into it like a sort of James Bond thing. Fantastic. Um, And they think this is going to give them an amazing edge in future (laughs) combat (laughs) operations where they can... I mean, I said to you, it's a bit like Transformers, isn't it? Where they all kind of, you know, fly along. yeah. Like, how would you pull that off? Well, they don't know. They're saying it's it's quite a challenge Mm. because typically aircraft are very light and the skin of the aircraft is very thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the pressure is kind of inverse, whereas when you go underwater, you've got to be very dense to get underwater, first mm-hmm. of all. Mm-hmm. And you also have to have quite a thick skin because the pressure's pushing in on you, not pulling it out. Uh, so right. there are lots of structural challenges. Um, so is there a prize for this? Be, 
very quiet and stuff as well. So it sounds like they need to get on to uh, Optimus Prime and say, Look, Indeed. Can, we, can we have one of those? You know? Surely that's been done before in the, in the Transformers movie, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me they have to have some sort of Transformer thing. But I mean, it's, um, I guess the link will be in the show notes mm-hmm. and you can download the um, the PDF from DARPA. Great, I'll have to check and, it out. Uh, you know, I remember as a kid, I used to draw little kind of flying things. That hey, used James, to go this, this could be your moment. But I was more submarines that flew, not flying things that go underwater. I don't know if there's a difference. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still waiting for those cars that are, good, that are going to fly, you know. I think that's great. Yeah, there's still lots of talk about that. And every now and mm-hmm. again, I think I saw a news article recently about someone saying, you know, the flying car is getting closer. And that's a similar mm-hmm. problem, I suppose. But obviously, friction wheels is all you need to go on the road. Yeah, true. Um, whereas, a bit more you know, the friction, friction of water is quite different. Mm. It's still a fluid, I suppose, the same as air, but it's a bit, mm. bit more viscous. Um, so it doesn't need to go on the water, just under the water. Yes, it doesn't okay. need to be a boat. But I mean, obviously, there's a transition period where yeah, you are. I guess it is. You have to go on top of it in order to get under, I guess. And also, you know, if you do hit the water very hard, you would tend to get smashed to pieces. <laughs> it so is a challenge. There has to be a bit of a slowdown before you enter the water mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, I know, I'm looking forward to. If anyone wants to send their submission to us, we can check it out for you. That's right. Well, um, I'll verify it and then forward it on. Yeah. And our commission is very reasonable. It, indeed. Very reasonable indeed. <laughs> um, so. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I have. It's great. So that's 92. Yeah, in the bag. In the bag. And looking forward to chatting with you, James, next week in episode 93. Yes, indeed. That's going to be great fun. And um, we're approaching the big 100. If any of you have got any ideas about what we should do for the 100. We should do something special for the 100, shouldn't we? We should. We should get planning on that because it's not too far away. Indeed. Well, have a great week, James. I will do in and you. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll catch up with you in episode number three. Bye, Bye from me, James. And bye from me. Cheers.